We have been teaching that you can elevate your life. I personally believe that it is God's intention and plan for every one of his children to be blessed. That's the normal state of affairs. That's not, um, how shall I say this? It's not an exception for you to be blessed like, oh, I got blessed. Isn't that great? You know, this is so unusual. No, to be blessed is actually what God prefers for your normal state of existence to be. Amen. And many people go from blessing to blessing. But how many of you have ever met somebody that goes from problem to problem? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to just get real with you right now. I'm sure you got some folk that you know, maybe even friends or family, and they go from drama to drama. Every day is a new drama, right? And then others, they go from blessing to blessing. Now, I get the idea that you could literally sneak into someone's house at 3.30 in the morning. There are some folk that have such a positive outlook that regardless of what's going on in their life, if you were to sneak in their house and flip on the light switch, they'd be sound asleep, grinning at the ceiling, you know? They're just always happy. They live from blessing to blessing. Others live from problem to problem. Now, here's what I want to point out to you. If you were to really look at both lives, I would guarantee you there isn't really much difference in what happens in one and what happens in the other. You say, I disagree. No, I'm serious. I've walked through too many things with too many people. And I can tell you that man that is born of a woman is a few days in full of trouble. We live in a fallen world. We're a part of a fallen race, and we're ruled, this earth world is ruled by a fallen Lord. His modus operandi is to cause hell on this earth and trouble. Simply stated, the person that's laying there sound asleep, smiling at the ceiling, probably has had just about the same kind of things happen in their life that the person that you avoid when you see him coming, you walk the other way. Because you know they're going to have some story of woe to tell you of the latest problem. They have both lived through the same things. One chose to focus on their blessings. Now, when I was a kid growing up, my uncle who lived next door had an 18-wheeler. And um, I can still remember him backing that thing up, put it down in that low reverse gear, and you could hear it go, you know what that sound they make? And they back up and they're geared real low, heavy, heavy load. I learned what the Bible said when it said God daily loads us with benefits. In my mind, I see God saying, you ready for this? And putting it in low reverse and backing up, looking out the window, whoa, 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 up to my loading dock. And they spend the whole day unloading my blessings. And about the time he gets done, here comes God with another truck. Because every day he daily loads us with benefits. Amen. 
I want to teach you how to go from blessing to blessing rather than problem to problem. Not saying you're not going to have some difficulty in this life because all of us will. It's a fallen world. I've already stated that. Ephesians 2 and 6, God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. And I've told you that to be able to move into a higher state of blessedness, that you literally have to take spiritual authority over your life. And when these bad things happen, you have to say, uh-uh, none of that's going to stick in me, on me and in my life. Uh-uh, I, I don't claim this cancer. You ever hear anybody? They say, I feel like I'm trying to catch a cold. Keep trying, you probably will catch it. You, you know, it's amazing some of the things we say. Amen. Instead of saying, I'm trying not to catch a cold, you know, we say, I'm trying to catch it. <laughs> Think about it for just a moment. Come on. I love people, and I love watching what we do. It's amazing to me what the, the stuff we put ourselves into. Then we blame the devil for it afterward. But <laughs> Amen. And, and I want to show you that you've got to say to things, no, you don't belong in my life. I'm a child of God. And you have to take authority, and you have to guard the gates of your life. And not let the wrong things come in. Now, if you're off taking care of something else and you leave the gate unattended, no telling what's going to happen. Okay? And so, in talking about this whole thing with authority, Luke 9 and 1, Jesus even called the 12 together, gave them power and authority. Power. Jesus said, you shall be endued with power from on high. Go tarry in Jerusalem. Until then, Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It's of a rushing mighty wind. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul admonishes us all to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. It's literally God's breath of life in us. That's the power. The authority is the right to use the power. And in this series, what I've been telling you, is that the authority to use the power is determined by any number of prerequisites or qualifiers such as how mature are we. And so I find that the more mature believers become the more authority they have. And that authority can be over any number of things. There's all kinds of authority in the kingdom of God. I found 12, you may find others. But the most basic are those that have to do with your own life, such as authority over self, your own emotions, your own flesh. People want to go out and, you know, and command the you know, cancer victim be healed, but they can't even keep their own life straight. You know? And like I said earlier, they, they, don't have a, they don't even exercise authority in their home, but they want to walk into the devil's house and exercise authority. And um, I'm not talking about being dictatorial. I'm talking about these parents running around. Oh, my child, I can't do anything with him. My God, I'm having a nervous breakdown and driving me crazy. How old is he? Well, he's four. You know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. So having mastered the basic levels, we move on to other things. 
authority over demonic systems. And, and then the really important stuff that we call important is, you know, that is based upon our perception of what we would prefer to be having authority over stuff like, wow, I want supernatural authority over finances. And don't we all? <laughs> Do you ever feel the call to be rich? You know? Amen. There's a call to preach. And, you know, and I, okay, let me not even mess with that. But we want authority. Now, I'm going to talk about that because I've dealt with the basic elements of authority. And right now I'm dealing with this subject, taking supernatural authority over supernatural resources. I've been there for the last two Sundays. Psalm 78 is where we're reading. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they crave. They spoke against God and said, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, he struck the rock and water gushed out and streams flowed abundantly. But can he also give us bread? This is what the psalmist is saying happened when Israel came out of Egypt into the wilderness in their journey toward the promised land. God literally supplied supernatural provisions for 40 years to his children in the most harsh desert on the face of the planet. There's no place on the earth that's more hostile than the Saudi Arabian desert in that region where they were wandering for 40 years. As I pointed out to you, statistically, it rains one-tenth of an inch every ten years. That's not much water for two and a half to three and a half million people. But they ask, can God spread a table in the wilderness? Can God bless me? Let me just paraphrase it and bring it up to date. Can God bless me in a broke economy? Can God fix my marriage when 50% of them end in divorce and most many people aren't even bothering to get married anymore? Can, can God take care of these things for me? True, he struck the rock and water gushed out. Can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat? When the Lord heard them, he was furious. God was personally affronted by people questioning whether he could do this. His fire broke out. He did, they did not believe in God, trust his deliverance. And still, in spite of them questioning God, still he gave a command to the skies and opened the doors of heaven, rained down manna for the people to eat, gave them the grain of heaven, and human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. The psalmist says in 37 verse 18, this, the blameless spend their, day, spend their days under the Lord's care. Is there anybody in this house that is under God's care? I have to explain the difference here. You might think you're under your care, but I'm under God's care. That is, I'm doing the best I can, but I know ultimately God is watching over me. The Lord of hosts, God of angels' armies. Love that old song, all night, all day, angels watching over me. Amen. They spend their care under the, uh, their days under God's care. Their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. Now, what does that mean? In economic recessions, while everybody else is going down, they still are blessed. Okay? 
when the others' children are going through problems with drugs and gangs, their families are blessed. Times of disaster. Now, I just told you a while ago that some people live from problem to problem. Let's paraphrase it biblically now and say disaster to disaster. Does that mean then that the children of God will never face any problems? No, it just said in times of disaster they will not wither. What happens is even whenever the worst of times come because you're a child of God, there is such a vivid and sharp contrast that exists between what happens to you as a child of God and what happens to others that while others are withering, the Scripture clearly says you will not wither. You know what wither means? Dry up and die. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. I need somebody to just lift their hands and say, I claim that promise. I claim plenty. Even in times of famine. But the wicked will perish. Though the, the Lord's enemies are, the, are like the flowers of the field, they'll be consumed, go up and smoke. Wicked borrow, do not repay. Re righteous, give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land. Those he curses will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of one who delights in him, and though he stumbles, he will not fall. The Lord upholds him. And then we all love this next verse and are familiar with it. I was young, and now I am old. Yet I have never... N-E-V-E-R, seeing the righteous forsaken are his children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Father, speak your word to us today and change our minds and thereby change our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Taking supernatural authority over supernatural resources. I'm going to tell you up front that when you see something you don't recognize, your mind automatically goes about trying to catalog that and categorize it. By shapes, color, sound, size, dimension, you start looking for things that resemble that. You don't consciously do that. Your mind does it automatically, right? Just like when you look at faces, your mind goes through this rapid I mean, the computer like zip goes through all of your acquaintances to see if one of those people you see is, uh, is someone you recognize. I don't know what's going on. They're going to get that straightened out. But, and, and so is that one of your acquaintances? If you recognize the person, recognition sparks a response on your part, but that is because you have this unique ability to sort through all of the information and data filed away in your mind and stored there and make comparisons between that data and what has just presented itself to you. On that basis, you can look at something and you can say that's good to eat or bad. You can smell a smell driving, you know, down a road. Say, you know, and I, that, that, there's a restaurant. There's somebody's cooking some food. There's somebody's barbecuing, you know. All of life, is a process of sorting through these things and relating them to what you have stored in here. Here's the problem or the blessing. If the stuff stored here is right, your conclusions about the new things you're encountering is probably going to be more accurate than if, um, you know, the information stored here is incorrect. 
If the stuff stored here is programmed wrongly or falsely, it's very unlikely you're going to be able to sort through new data accurately. Would you agree with what I've just said? The reason this is compelling and important is simply because when it comes to a message of prosperity, most of us have had stuff programmed in here whether we want to or not. Yes, we have. All of us have seen these bad examples of people getting on TV, you know, and, you know, send me your money. And we learned they're flying Lear jets around and all this kind of stuff, and that upsets people. And, you know, and so people end up labeling all churches with the same label. Everybody gets tarred in Christianity with the same brush. Many times you have on the other side of the entire spectrum, you have a different position where somebody says that, you know, we have to go through so much suffering and I have to earn and merit my, my place in the kingdom of God and God is blessed when I walk through suffering with grace. And you know what they're saying is really true? And you know what people are saying about that other group out there that is only interested in money? That's true too. It is. God doesn't like all of this exaggeration and hyped up commercialism, celebratory kind of our, uh, our celebrities in Christianity. But on the other hand, what, what they're saying about God getting grace and suffering is true. But here's the problem. It's a mistake to believe that because there are elements of truth in both, that either one of them are the only way things exist. And there is a third position in the middle. That third position is that though some take a message of commercial Christianity to an extreme and God doesn't like it and neither do I and neither do you, that doesn't mean we're not supposed to be blessed. On the other hand, just because, and it is true, that God gets grace when I walk, and God gets praise when I walk through suffering with grace, and God is, is, gets glory out of that, doesn't mean he wants me to spend my whole life there. I need somebody to get real with me right now. Amen. On the basis of what I've just said, most of you know that I like these little short, I like these quirky commercials. If you don't, I love quirky commercials. And I, there is a group out of Canada called Just for Laughs. And I, I don't think they even show it in the U.S. If you've seen it, have you seen Just for Laughs, anybody? No, I didn't think so. But they sh where they show it is in Africa on airplanes. That's where I see it. Watch this one about this. This is all set up, and the people there don't know what they're getting ready to experience. And a guy's dressed like Jesus, and there's a nun there. Watch this. This has to do with supernatural finances.
there they're pointing out the camera that was filming the whole thing. Isn't that cute? You see all these skeptical looks like, right, right, yeah. Uh-huh. And the lady rolls her eyes, the blonde lady. But when the money starts coming out, oh, God. Like if I just blasphemed or something here, you know, and was that really Christ? Look, you got people that play games. You have others that preach a message against any kind of and believe a message that opposes any kind of, 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 of prosperity in the kingdom. I am here today to try to define the middle position. I want to tell you that God wants to bless his people. It is his will that his children be blessed. Could I hear an amen? And I want to begin today by saying that, first of all, it is his right as God to bless us supernaturally because he is the one that owns the resources of the world, not men. We get this idea that men own everything. They don't. If men owned it, and this is why this point is so critical, if men owned it, they would have the right to do with it what they wanted to because it is their possession. But if they don't, and God is the true owner, as sovereign God, he can bless whoever he wants, and nobody has the right to question him about what he's doing. Is he the sovereign owner? Psalms 24 and 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And Psalms 24 and 1. Amen. Amen. 24 and 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Let's just move on to Haggai 2 and 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Who does it belong to? The silver is mine, says the Lord. That's Haggai 2 and verse number 8. My point is, is that if a supernatural God who owns all of this wants to bless his children, nobody has the right to say no because it's not their stuff. I can give to my kids whatever I want to give that belongs to me, and if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry, just live with it. I smiled when I said that. Am I right? Come on, help me out. Let me make it plain, and this is why the point I'm making is critical. Your boss doesn't have the right to turn you down for a raise or promotion if God says, I'm blessing you. Amen. Let me make it even more real. Your business does not have the right to fail or not succeed no matter what the economic state may be if God said, I'm blessing you. It's his resources, not yours, not mine, not the world's, not the president's, not the Democrats, not the Republicans, not Europeans, not Americans. It's not Chinese. Everybody's talking about the Chinese are coming. You know, I got news for you. God's already here. Amen. God can bless you regardless of a state of famine. That's what the Bible said. He blessed Israel abundantly with supernatural resources in the wilderness. Amen. And again, the Lord is your shepherd and the resources of the world belong to him. Now, this is what it says in the scripture, Deuteronomy 8.18. You shall remember the Lord your God, for he it is who gives you the power. Who gives it to you? God does. 
the power to get wealth. Now, here's an interesting observation. Did you know that word power, where it says power to get wealth, doesn't just mean the strength or the might to get wealth. It actually means, get ready for this, the wealth to get wealth. My grandmother used to say, it takes money to make money. That really is the truth. And God gives you the seed. What this is inferring is God's going to give you the start and bless what you do, but it is up to you to walk it out. I'm going to give you the power to get wealth. Amen. Not only does he have the right to do so, but I believe that God wants his people to have supernatural authority over supernatural resources. How do I know that? Well, let's go back to some old tried and true, tried and proven passages. How about Psalms 23 and 1? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He wants his people to be blessed. Why will I not want? Because the Lord is my shepherd. If somebody else is your shepherd, you're going to be in trouble, but the Lord is my shepherd. If the Republicans are your shepherd or the Democrats are, you're going to be in trouble, but the Lord is my shepherd. You know, I have to remind believers of that because we get up all caught up in this whole thing too. Amen. How about Psalms 23 and 5? You prepare who? Wait a minute. Congress prepares before me a table in the presence of... Wall Street prepares before me. The Dow Jones prepares before me. Oh, I got it. Merrill Lynch prepares before me. Oh, oh really? Who does? The Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup. Shout it out loud. Runs over. Never will forget the day I learned what that last phrase means. My cup runs over. Sometimes you have to live through certain things to be able to understand some others. And I was at that famous restaurant that used to be on on. I-10 East in Uvalde called the Black Eyed Pea. And I was meeting a gentleman there and the waitress came up and got engrossed in listening to our conversation. Uh, we were talking about something she thought was pretty interesting and she was pouring him a cup of coffee, filled up the cup, it ran over the cup, filled up the saucer, ran out on the table and started running over, it was a fancy place, it had plastic tablecloths, Amen. <laughs> and started running on the floor. And the guy saw it and jumped up, and she was so apologetic. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I got caught up in y'all's conversation. Wasn't paying. And boy, right then, God spoke to me and said, I'm so interested in you that whenever I feel your cup up, I just keep on pouring. I'm talking to somebody that's a child of God that needs to know your father loves you and is so wrapped up in you, he wants to keep on pouring even after the saucer is full. Listen to this one, Isaiah 60, verse 11 and 12. Your gates shall be open continually. 
That's the gates of blessing. Tell somebody, this door of blessing is never closing. Tell somebody. It won't. They shall not be shut. Notice it says gates. Reason I say that is because one door may close, but as soon as it does, God's got another one that's going to open. That men may bring unto you the wealth of nations and kings captive, uh, led captive. For that nation and kingdom that will not serve you shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. We got this whole thing backward. We think that the world is supposed to be blessed and we're hanging on waiting for Jesus to come take us out of this world of trouble. And seriously, that's the theology of the church. I told you what my grandmother's favorite song was. Tempted and tried, we're off made to wonder why it should be thus. All the day long. Y'all know that song? It's called We'll Understand It Better By and By. We got so many songs like that that we've been programmed with. Oh, Lord. We just hanging on, hoping Jesus comes before we... I mean, amen. Oh, and we, we, we sing that. And here's what's really funny. We call that worship. <laughs> I'm serious. If you were raised like I was, that's what we would sing in church. I'll fly away, oh glory. I'll fly away. When I die, don't you want to do it right now? Hallelujah, by and by. That's not what's supposed to be happening. We're supposed to be getting elevated. Isaiah 60, 17. Instead of bronze, I will bring you gold and silver in place of iron. Instead of wood, I will bring you bronze, iron in place of stones. What does that mean? In every case, God is replacing one thing with something that's better and superior. One thing you learn in the kingdom of God is that it gets better, not worse. He saves the best wine till last. Come on, everybody. This is really where it's at. You know what we have to do? We have to, after we get saved and dump all of this negative junk out that we've been programmed with, we have to get rid of it. God's natural state for man is and the state literally in which God created man to live and exist is for man to be blessed. God didn't create man to have problems and trouble and woe. That was the enemy. It was when Satan deceived Adam and Eve that that started happening. But now we stubbornly hold on to that ideology, even though we're born again and saved, and we think that's God's will. No, it wasn't God's will, never was. It was the enemy's will. 
Amen. That's what the whole thing was about. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life more abundantly. It was the other guy that came to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10 and 10. Now, quickly, there are seven compelling reasons that we should have supernatural authority over supernatural resources. Number one, we need them to fulfill the Great Commission and to carry the gospel to the world. I don't care where you are, the jungles of Brazil and the Amazon River Basin, whether you're somewhere in Africa, somewhere in Asia, Europe, no matter where you may be, North America, the islands of the Pacific, doesn't matter. The one thing you've got to have are resources to carry the gospel. You can't feed the poor without resources. You can't clothe the naked without resources. You can't shelter the homeless without re- Come on, I'm preaching really good right now. You can't build a church. You can't distribute Bibles. You can't drill a water well. You can't take care of orphans. Hello? You can't unless you have resources. Amen. You need to hear what I'm talking about. Amen. Jesus wants us to understand that. He is the penultimate strategist and logician. What does that mean? He is the very best. You see, people think God is surprised at the cost of reaching the world with the gospel. He sends us all out here and just, gee, guys, I, I want you to go reach the world, but I just don't have any money to give you to help you do it. Uh-uh, listen to what Jesus said in Luke 14, 28 through 32. One of you wants to build a tower. Won't he first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? And then he lays the foundation because if you lay it and can't finish it, everybody will laugh at you and ridicule you saying, this person began to build but wasn't able to finish. And he said, if a king hears that another king is coming and this first king has 10,000 and the second has 20,000 and is on his way to, to come and invade him, while he's still a long way off, he sits down with his generals and he says, can we with 10,000 defeat 20,000? And if we can't, we better draw up conditions of peace that are suitable to everyone. And he sends his messengers out to meet that king that's invading. Jesus is literally teaching us that we need to learn to live by strategies in our life. That's what he's teaching. Now, can he tell us we need to live by strategies if God doesn't have one also? Don't you think God sat down and counted the cost before he sent Jesus into the world? Don't you think before he laid the foundation at Calvary that he added up what it would take to reach a lost world? He knows what it takes. Amen. Number two, another compelling reason that we should have supernatural authority over supernatural resources, we provide more credible witness and testimony to God's care and love for us when we're blessed than we do when we do not have resources. Come on. Now, there's something really funny about Africa and India and other parts of the world that I'm going to share with you, and this is cultural. So don't, don't think this has any racial overtones. It doesn't. Africa, India, and so forth, often you will notice that, 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 that the dress is a little different. The people in that culture, they're not like Westerners. A Westerner, you know, and I'm going to get myself into trouble. 
when it comes to their preference in the woman they want to be with, it's often in the West, we have this, this slim model in mind, you know, okay, Hollywood starlet kind of model, drop dead, gorgeous, slender, five foot ten, you know, and in other parts of the world, not so. It's a little, they want a little flesh, you know, and I, I don't mean to be offensive. I'm, let me tell you why. In those cultures, sometimes it's a struggle to survive and take care of your families. And listen, when a man does well by his family, it is, I'm not making this up, it is literally a sign to the community that the husband does a good job taking care of and providing for his family when his wife is a little bit overweight. So all of those of you thinking on going on a diet, don't. You're... And all of you men that are complaining, I wish you'd lose some weight to your wife. When she does, it makes you look bad in the cultures I'm talking about. No, I'm serious. I'm not making that up. That is one of the cultural distinctives that separates um, the West from other parts of the world in terms of, of, of things that, that maybe are preferences in the minds of some. Here's my point. Whenever a guy gets ready to go and find a wife, you, he's not looking in these cultures for some really real thin kind of a twiggy model, modely kind of woman-y kind of... I'm being real cautious right now, you know, He's not. Amen. And maybe he is if he's from here in this culture. But in that culture, no. I will never forget one time we were on a tour in the Middle East. And um, there was this woman. She, she, was, she was a sizable woman. No disrespect. I'm just, she was well, um, whatever, and... She, 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 let's just say she wasn't missing anything when she came on that trip. And, and the, the men in the Middle East were going crazy over her. She got hit on so many times. One guy walked up and said, I'll give 50 camels if you will be my wife. So instead of you feeling bad, just realize you live in the wrong country. That's all. Don't you let anybody disrespect you. Now, I didn't blown this. Can I have an escort out of here to safety, please? If I wasn't your pastor and you didn't know me, I couldn't talk like this. But the point I'm making is, don't you think we speak in reference to God and his care for us by the lives that we live, just like it is perceived in some cultures? that the quality of a family, their healthiness, whether they're robust and strong and healthy or whether they're skinny and struggling, don't you think that speaks to the, and those cultures to the husband's ability to provide? Don't you think it doesn't speak to God's ability to take care of us when we're struggling and hurting every day of our lives? I am going to speak well. Your heavenly Father gets glory when you're blessed. Amen.
This is why he said, I'm the one who gives you the power to get wealth. And he went on to say at the end of that verse, that I might establish my covenant with your fathers as I swore to, uh, my covenant with you as I swore with your fathers. Look, there it is. Why? I need you to be blessed so that I can establish my covenant. My covenant was I was going to bless you and make you a blessing. How can I do that if you aren't being blessed? You understand? Amen. So he is our shepherd and provider. Number three, people of integrity. These are compelling reasons why God wants his people to be blessed. People of integrity could certainly do more good for mankind with this world's resources than the ones who are controlling them now. I don't think anybody will disagree with that. Even these international aid organizations that I see every week in Africa and around the world, South America, Asia, with, with names on them that you would recognize. When you audit them or you read their, their, their financial report, maybe 85% of what they is donated to them gets spent at administration. 15% goes to the field where the actual need is at. Rest of it goes to conferences and exotic locations and salaries and bonuses. and it, That's not right. I'm sorry. Amen. Talking about resources, I don't think any of you doubt that some of the wealthiest people in the world are Saudi Arabians. Listen to this. One of the Saudi sheikhs, his name is Awalid bin Talal al-Saud. That's his name. He has just purchased one of these double-decker Boeing A380s. That's this huge new air. There he is in front of it right there. That's the guy. You know how much it cost him? This is his personal jet. $500 million. This three-decker is, is, including the cargo hold, it has three decks. He's outfitted it with such amenities as a movie theater, bedroom suites, parking for his Rolls Royce, and a Turkish spa. Amen. That's his personal jet. Do you think I could do anything better with $500 million than that? Now, I could have a jacuzzi in my backyard, and I don't think God would even mind that. But a Turkish spa on a, a jet for him and his few little cronies he's going to fly around? Come on, while there are people dying? You know what it costs to, to provide a mosquito net, a treated mosquito net in Africa that will save a child's life? You do know more children die in Africa, more people die in Africa of malaria than they do of age, twice as many. You know what it costs to save a child's life? $5 buys a medicated mosquito net that'll save a child's life. And he's going to go spend it on that? Uh-uh, children of God can do more with this world's resources. I'm talking about supernatural authority over supernatural resources. Number four. Another reason God wants to release supernatural authority over supernatural resources is people listen more to the advice of someone who is successful than they do someone who's not successful. Oh, come on, you know it's true. Whether it's Tom Cruise, whether it's Jay-Z, anybody that's made it at the top, all of a sudden on any show they get interviewed on, they're now an expert on every subject. They didn't even know how to spell it yesterday, but now they're an expert on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not making fun. I'm telling you what's a fact. 
and there are millions of people that listen to them. That's right. I've told you before, uh, like Kim Kardashian, you know, the Kardashian show. If you watch that, I'm praying for you in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. You need the Holy Ghost like that was they said when I was... That's what they used to say when I was growing up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that. I, you're not going to hell if you turn it on. But if you do more than once, you might, so you better be careful. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'd rather watch paint dry, as you've heard me say, than watch that. Because they're going to be an expert on everything because their daddy, Robert Kardashian, left them some money and he was an attorney. And that's going to make them all of a sudden know all kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, really. Ecclesiastes 9 and 16, people listen to someone who is successful more than they do someone who is not. Then said I, this is the wise man, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Who? The poor man. He may know the secrets of the universe, but nobody listens. Why does anybody want to hear the gospel if the person who is telling it to them is poor? Right there it says they won't. His words are despised. You know why? Because we don't seek intentionally to emulate anybody's life who's not doing better than we are. That's really the truth. We don't want to listen to them. You're going to listen to Uncle Harry tell you how to put together your investment strategies? And he's borrowing money from you every Monday because he's broke. Or he spent everything he got on Friday. And you're going to let him tell you what hot stock tips to... No, you're not going to let him tell you what stocks to buy. And nobody's going to let you tell them about God when you're struggling. Unless they're at either the same level you are or at a lower level. Which is one reason God, who understands the way we are, wants to elevate our lives. Number five, I also believe another compelling reason this is, another reason that God wants us to have supernatural authority over supernatural resources is just that it blesses and pleases our Heavenly Father to see His children doing well and being blessed just like it pleases us to see our children being blessed. Is there a single parent in this room that doesn't smile when his kid hits a home run? Is there a parent here that doesn't get happy when their daughter excels in gymnastics? When they bring home good grades? If your children are grown, if their marriage is doing well, if they get a raise, they start their own company, it, it, it prospers, doesn't that bless you? Of course it does. What makes you think our Heavenly Father doesn't get pleasure out of us being blessed? In case you do think that, listen to Psalms 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. What did God say we're supposed to say? Who is it talking about when it says, let them say? It's us. I hear people saying the wrong thing all the time. Oh, God gets glory because my life has been so messed up. And, you know, and I, ever since I was born, it's been one problem after another. Keep talking like that. 
Here it says God gets pleasure when you prosper. Here's what I want to encourage you to understand. No, we are a fallen race. We live in a fallen world ruled by a fallen Lord, and therefore there will be trouble. So no, this is not a perfect world. But if that's all you have going on, you better ask yourself what you're doing wrong. Amen. Number six, as the second Adam, another compelling reason that we're supposed to have supernatural authority over supernatural resources is the scripture tells us Christ was the second Adam who came to restore everything the first Adam lost. These are the times of the restoration of all things, Acts 3. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 22, 4, and also 45 calls him the second Adam. What did the first Adam have in the garden that Satan stole from him? Supernatural authority over supernatural resources. Amen. And number seven, the seventh compelling reason that God wants his people to have supernatural authority over supernatural resources is God's very nature is supernatural and supernatural resources in a time of need call attention to his supernatural nature. How do you think the rest of those nations felt when they heard Israel was going out in the morning, picking up a little bread here and picking up a little manna there? What do you think they thought? When they were struggling to survive, I'll tell you what they thought. The Bible said the fear of the Lord came on those nations. They knew this was not men's doing. This was God at work in the middle. When the water of the Red Sea parted, what do you think Israel's enemies began to think? Hey, get out of their way. Here they come. That's what they they thought. Supernatural activity calls attention to the fact that he is supernatural. That's, and by the by very definition of the fact that he's supernatural, everything he does is supernatural. Clearly, and I'm going to conclude with this, we don't all have the same authority over resources, do we? I'm certainly not saying we do. Some will have greater authority than others. I want to give you seven reasons why. Obviously, some people have greater authority over resources and therefore will in this life manage greater resources than others around them. Why is that a fact? If you can accept what I'm about to say, it will help you accept where God wants you to be or number one, cause you to reach up to where God wants you to be. Why do some have greater authority over resources than others? Number one, for some of us, our beliefs and our thoughts are the problem. We're still thinking all of that junk that we need to turn our heads sideways and, you know, knock out of our thinking, get rid of, flush out. Amen. You can believe the wrong things about God, and many people do. Many people are hung up in that ditch over there. You know, prosperity, you're never going to have a flat tire. Your refrigerator's never going to go out. You know, that kind of thing. You're never going to have a bad hair day because you're a child of God. You know, You're supposed to be blessed and everything, so nothing's going to ever go wrong. And over here, there's other people in this ditch on this side of the road. I'm supposed to suffer for Jesus. The only way you say that is, Jesus. You don't say Jesus. Jesus. It's three syllables the way when you're, you know what I mean? 
And so you're suffering for the Lord and you think that's all life consists of and God's looking at you over here saying, what's the matter with you? And he's looking over here saying, and what's the matter with you? The truth is, yes, you live in a fallen world, but the reason that you're stuck over here is because your thoughts and your thinking have messed you up and you over here, you know, this whole commercial thing about commercializing Christianity and turning it into a celebrity thing where, you know, like I said, you never even have a bad hair day. The Lord's looking like saying, what planet did you come from? Both are wrong. Amen. The second reason that we, some of us manage different resources or more resources and will manage more than others do is because our assignments are different. I told you earlier on, supernatural resources are directly related to your assignment. Some people will require more. And we should not begrudge them when that happens in their life. Amen. You want more? Then ask God for a bigger assignment. Most of us, we do the opposite. God, I'm working too hard. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Number three, another reason that some of us have greater authority over resources than others do is because our skill sets differ. Because of this, some can create, they have the skills to actually create greater abundance. Other people have the skill sets to manage greater abundance. Clue here, that if you want more resources, hone and develop better skill sets. And if you want to manage them, you need to sharpen your skill sets. Otherwise, all these people that are praying that they'll hit the jackpot, win a a lawsuit or something else, you do get blessed if you don't develop better skills for managing those. You know what's going to happen? Two years, you're going to be right back where you were. Three things determine where you're going to be three years from now. The thoughts you think, the friends you keep, and the decisions you make. And the last one is influenced by the first two. The decisions you make is directly the result of the friends you keep and the thoughts you think. And if you get elevated here suddenly, but your thinking remains here, principle of life, your thinking will pull you back down to the level it's comfortable with. Your life doesn't pull your thinking up. Your thinking pulls your life either down or up. Therefore, if you're here and you elevate your thinking, guess what? It pulls your life up. Oh, I'm preaching right now. Amen. Number four, another reason some will manage greater resources than others is simply because of this. Not only do our skill sets differ, but within each skill set, there are different levels of ability. For example, you have some that are really incredible electricians, master electricians. You have others, you don't want them wiring your house. They may be able to fix your lamp, but that's all, you know? That lamp's got a short in it. That's what's the problem. Amen. My daddy was an electrician. Doesn't mean you one. You hear what I'm saying? There are different levels of ability within a skill set. Matthew 25, 15, to one he gave five talents, to another two talents, to another one talent. Hello. So what's the key here? If you want to do better and have more, increase your ability within your skill set. 
Come on, somebody shout amen right now. I'll give you an example of that. An example is a registered nurse. What does she make? 60000 a year? Something like that? Okay, go back and get your master's degree after practicing two years and become a nurse anesthetist. They start at 138 to over $200,000 a year just for two more years of school. Okay, that's not enough for you. They're both still within the same skill set, medical skill sets. Now then go back and instead of being a nurse and instead of being a nurse anesthetist, go ahead and be a doctor. Now instead of just being a doctor, become a heart surgeon or brain surgeon. You see what I'm talking about? That at every level you increase, even within your skill set, your ability within that skill set, it increases the amount of resources that you're going to manage. I'm closing. Another reason, number five, is that our hearts are also different. In this room, every one of us that are children of God need to know this. My heart may be different from yours and yours may be different from mine. That's a fact. And the simple truth of the matter is some want resources only for personal gain. They have the wrong heart. Others are not willing to work for it. They have the wrong heart. I'm preaching right now. Amen. God is not obligated to provide abundance so you can be the first Christian to own an A380 as your personal aircraft. Amen. But if you want to reach the world and that's your assignment, it's different. Number six, another reason that, that is that some, is some that limit authority that God gives them is they don't use the, the authority they have wisely. They squander it. They waste it. Amen. His Lord said to him, Matthew 25 and 23, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And where did he say that? He said it here. We think enter into the joys of the Lord means that when we die, we're going to go to heaven and enter the joys of the Lord. I got news for you. I'm having a wonderful time living right down here. If heaven is any better than this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand it. I'm going to have to come back to Houston on weekends just to be able to handle heaven. I tell you, you know what I mean? If heaven is any better than this, you say, you don't have problems? Sure I do. Amen. But I'm not living from problem to problem. I'm living from blessing to blessing. And if you're faithful over the little God gives you, he will bless you with more. Number seven, and this is it, I'm done. You can also limit your authority over resources by not handling what God gives you to hold that belongs to him with integrity. A portion of everything that you receive doesn't even belong to you. It belongs to God. If you can't handle that with integrity, why would he give you any more? Stand with me right now across the building. People misunderstand tithe and offerings. They think by tithing and, off and giving and offerings that I hear people say that they're buying blessings. No, 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 no. They're just showing God they can be trusted to act with integrity. I want to pray for the release of supernatural resources over supernatural, I mean supernatural authority over supernatural resources. I want everybody in the building to come because I'm going to have to hurry to the other service. Amen. And I want us to pray right now.